Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. It can sow a seed that will choke out your destiny for the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. But we want to transfer over to saying, repeating what they say to repeating what God says. Amen. And I don't want to be to get you hype. Amen. Sometimes God moves instantly. But in the recourse of my life, I've known God has not always moved quickly. But when God decides to move, he moves suddenly. You see, Jesus told, that angel told, told the disciples when Jesus ascended up to the clouds, he told them to go to the upper room and wait for the promise. And then later on in Acts, they went there and they were praying and they were waiting and they were singing songs and they were encouraging each other. And when they got on one accord, the word of God said, suddenly... And that's enough. I can stop preaching right now. Because some of you have been waiting for God a long time. And you're getting discouraged because things have not happened as quickly as you wanted them to. But God is not governed by time. He created it. And I want you to know that as soon as you get in alignment, with your speaking, with your, t- with your talking, with your walking, and with your believing. God wanted me to remind you that I'm going to move suddenly for you. I'm going to fulfill what I said to you suddenly. It's going to be as if it was a dream and you woke up. And it's going to be there. Tell somebody, it's going to be there. And so our job is to wait out the middle. And so today's message is the space between saying and seeing. So many times we can, we can speak things and we can, we, can, we can be in a good spirit-filled service and the Spirit of God is all on us and we declaring things and we high-fiving. We know that God gave us that st- stuff and we're expecting, you know, we're expecting just like we get a good quickening and, and all this stuff. We expect something that just God is going to do something instantly and sometimes God will do it. But many times, there's a space between what we say and what we see. Now, it's been y'all that's been living longer than me and y'all have been in the faith. Is, is that truth? There's a space between... What we say and what we see. And when God told you to declare it, you were under the unction of God and God told you to do it and you were obedient. But there, there, there is the interim that we have to walk out. And I believe the way that we manage the interim, the way that we manage the space determines how quickly we see it. I got some scripture. 
John, the 20th chapter, he had walked through the walls and encountered some of his disciples, and they were telling each other, like, man, Jesus is back. He's, he's back. He's alive just like he said he was. I said, man, I'm, and old doubt and Thomas, he said, I don't believe it. Unless I put my hand in, 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 in a spot where the sword went and lit, unless I see the nail prints in his hand, I'm not going to believe. Jesus walks in in verse 27 of John 20, and he says this. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve. Tell somebody, but believe. And Thomas answered him and said, my Lord and my God. See, once he touched him, then he could believe it. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? When did Jesus say, oh, quite the contrary, doubting Thomas? He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So let's, let's break that last sentence down. Jesus is saying, say, you ain't blessed because you saw me. The one that is going to be blessed is the one that believed before they saw. After all, they, they, Thomas had walked in and seen every miracle that Jesus did. He saw him turn the water into wine. He saw him multiply the fish in the five loaves. He saw him raise the dead girl. He saw all this stuff, yet and still, the circumstances of the day that will cause us to disbelieve, although we have tangible evidence of what God has done in the past. Oh, saints, you say, don't wait till the battle is over. You got a shot right now. Oh, the fact that it, it, it is not tangibly in my hands yet, but I serve the God who is able, who is willing, and I'm going to add this to it, and is eager to fulfill what he promised you. But Jesus told Tommy, he said, look, you are, look, look, it's all well and good that you believe me now, but the one who believed me before he has seen is the one that I'm going to bless. And that's the space, y'all. The space where we cannot see. I believe that everybody has a blind spot. You know what a blind spot is, right? You know when you're driving? You're driving, and they tell you, hey, hey, make, make sure you look over your shoulder because somebody, somebody may have gotten in that spot. It's, it's, it's good as the mirrors as they try to make. They even got emotion sensors now. They try to help people on, on their cars that, 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 that can pick up blind spots. But I believe in our life that we all have blind spots, those spots where we believe God, we, we believe what he told us, we declared it, but we are in a place of darkness that we cannot yet see it. Have any, has anybody ever been here that the moment you say it, circumstances go opposite of what you just said? And God is saying we have to manage our blind spots. Somebody say manage your blind spots. You may be seated. You may be seated. The space between seeing and saying. God wants us as we leave out of this 
As we leave out of this series, God said there have been some things that you've learned. There's been some things you've been practicing. But I don't want you to get weary in doing well. How many of you know doing well will make you weary? Doing well will make you weary. Because it's easier to go the easy route. Amen? Amen. But God wants to encourage us today. And I, and I was studying what Jesus said. That, that right there, that text jumped out at me. He said, are you happy now, Thomas, because you've seen it, you've touched it? He said, the one that haven't seen and yet still believe, that's the one I'm going to call blessed. And God is telling us today, you have to believe me when you cannot see it. And sight is just representative of all the other senses. You got to believe the word that you spoke. When you was excited, you believed that God gave it to you to speak. Do you not? Well, God said you cannot lose heart. You cannot lose faith. I studied. And it was amazing to me that Jesus did 31 noted healings the word of God said he did so many things that can't be contained in the Bible but so for, for the purposes of, of, of I believe that everything that's in the Bible is for us amen and if God wanted something else in there he would have had somebody put it in there amen Jesus did 31 notable healings that were documented individual healings and out of the 31 seven of them involved people who were blind so that means about 25% of the healings that Jesus did that made it in the book throughout the centuries. How is it that Jesus spent so much time addressing people's sight? Because God said sight is the most dominant sense that we have. But our sight is so dominant, it controls all the other senses. It controls what we feel. It controls even what we smell. Our feeling, it's enhanced by what we see. And God is saying, just like he says in, 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 in 2 Corinthians in 5, I believe, that we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And God saying it is in that interim space. Somebody say the interim space. It is in that interim space that we cannot see. That it's dark, it's gloomy. Stuff is going in the opposite direction. And so we're just going to talk about three things that we do in the dark. That's our subtitle. How many know the most precious things in this world are things that grow and are cultivated in the dark? You don't believe me? People cut off arms over in Sierra Leone for diamonds that are in caves. Wars have been fought over oil that's in the dark. One of the best traded currencies for centuries has been gold. It ain't sitting up on top of the ground. It's cultivated in the dark. And so God's saying, God is saying, the real you is not the you that everybody sees. Out in the sunshine, out in the light, and all the blessings and all the bling on and all this stuff. The real you is the you that's in the dark. 
And that's where I'm going to deal with you. That's where I'm going to build your character. That's where, that's where greatness is practiced in the dark. Everybody wants to applaud and clap for Steph Curry. He's the two-time MVP. He's the only unanimous. But it's the stuff he did when nobody was looking. It's the shots that he took. It's the time that he was practicing all these scenarios. And then, then when the lights come on, this is nothing but rehearsal of what I've been doing in the dark. The word, I'm going to give you Bible. He said, he said, if you bless me in secret, when nobody's looking, then I will bless you and openly before men. Am I in the Bible today? So it's in that space between when we say something. And when we see something, that our character is built up. That we truly practice becoming the champion that God has called us. It's not, girl, when God bless me and when he do that. No, man. And you'll do, man, God got, you know, God gave me this, he, he gave me this business plan, blah, blah, blah. But it's the things that you do in the dark. That's going to give life when the light comes. You can chop off the limbs off a tree all you want to. Every spring, it's going to grow back. Because what people see is the fruit. But what the life is, is in the roots. Could it be possible that we've been working on fruity things in our life? Could it be possible that we, we've been looking, making sure, making sure we, 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 we our, our buds are nice and ripe and they're nice and, and fluffy and, and our leaves are looking green and, and our petals are bright with color. Are we paying attention to the fruit and yet still when we get into it and when we taste you, it is void and it is empty of substance because we have not been paying attention to the things that are in the dark. I'm just asking questions today. And God said, it is that place between the seeing and the saying that you are going to do exploits. It is the things between the seeing. It is that space in between when you declare it and when you see it, which is going to make, which is going to make the difference of when it comes to pass or if it even ever comes to pass. You'd be surprised at people to get stuck in the space. They get stuck in the interim and they lose heart. So what they do, they move on to the next word of God because I've given up on this one. I'll leave that one out. And, then, and so, so when prophet buttermilk can come, come in town, we, we, we running after another word. And we run after, and then, then we're chasing after words. We're trying to be guided by prophecy letting, rather than letting prophecy confirm what God has already placed in our spirit in the dark. And so we make ourselves open to be manipulated and we make ourselves open to be controlled by people who, who, are, who are nothing but wolves in sheep's clothing because they've already scouted you out and they already got somebody sitting out in the audience listening to you talk on what you expect of God. And then when they call you out and tell you your address, you, you go, oh, Lord, I'm not saying God doesn't do it. But when we're seeking after words, when we're seeking after confirmation, instead of doing the necessary things in the dark... There are no shortcuts. Greatness does not go on sale. I'm going to say that again. Greatness does not go on sale. So stop looking for the hookup. 
Stop looking for a quick way out. Tell somebody, pay your price to be great. How many, know they, how many can raise your hand and say, God has called me to greatness? Then there are no shortcuts. There to go. What God wants us to do, he wants us to believe in the dark. Somebody say believe. believe. You have to believe in the dark. We talked about it a couple messages ago when Joseph told his brothers, God gave me a dream. And in that dream, I am sitting high above and all of y'all are worshiping me. The haters and the destroyers of that dream, they devised a plan and they threw Joseph in the pit. They threw Joseph in the pit. How many of you know a pit is a dark place? You can find yourself in a pit, but what are you going to do? As soon as he spoke it, within about two verses, he ended up in the dark, y'all. He ended up in a horrible pit. Can you believe that I'm in this pit? I probably shouldn't have told him. I probably shouldn't let people know what God had a plan for me. But yet, have you, have you ever realized and gotten yourself in a place and realized me and my big mouth and my, big, and my dumb decision has gotten me in a pit? But I believe, y'all, that Joseph is in this pit. Thank you, God. If y'all just, just give me a little poetic license, can I, can I, can I tell the story that, jo that Joseph is in this horrible pit, y'all? He said, oh, man, God, wait a minute. Maybe I read some more, maybe I read some stuff into this dream I shouldn't have. And maybe I spoke too soon. And maybe I was just being presumptuous and. Maybe I was just full of pride because how many of you know sometimes when, 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 when we are being aggressive for God and when we are having God, what God calls holy ambition, those people who, 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 who sit on a seat of do nothing, those that, that, that don't want to do nothing, all they want to do is, is sell wolf tickets and talk, but when it comes to get off the porch and do something, they're never going to do something. And, and, and maybe perhaps when I told people about what God has called, has called me to do, it was a reproach to them because they, they want God to be like UPS and deliver what God has spoke to them to their address but God said no, no, no it, it, is, it is according to your faith it's going to be unto you and maybe the people that I shared it with because I've got ambition they trying to put water on my fire be careful don't reach out there and do too much you better take that to the pastor because they are sitting in a place of fear and do nothing And some people, not only were they not trying to, anybody ever known some ditch diggers? That's some people got some big old forearms and big old biceps because all they do is be ditch diggers for people. It would be easier to chase your own dream than try to kill mine by digging a ditch. But some people's hearts are so filled with envy. And jealousy. 
and they're hating themselves because they missed their opportunity. And so as they see you, they see what they could have become if they, if they had listened to the Lord. They see what they could have become if they didn't let Junebug talk in their ear and get them to go over to the left. They see what they could have been. And sometimes, sometimes your obedience is a reproach to those that don't want to do the will of God. And so what they'll do, they'll dig a ditch for you. And so Joseph is in this pit. Joseph is in this pit. And I can imagine him saying, oh, man, God, I'm so stupid. I shouldn't have told them. I should have kept it between you and me. Or I should have told it to my father because my father at least favored me. But then I believe, he said, look, they, they, they even took my coat of favor. But I believe, I believe, now the word, the word didn't say it, but just I believe that in his heart of hearts that the spirit of faith rose up in Joseph. He said, though I'm in this ditch, I still have a promise over my future. Have you ever been in a dark place? Have you ever been in a dark place, y'all? Have you ever been in a dark place where you couldn't feel God? Have you ever been in a dark place like a ditch like Joseph's where you felt like your prayers were hitting the ceiling and bouncing back and hitting? Have you ever been in a place? Have you ever been in a place where it was so dark you could feel it? Have you ever been in that place? Tell somebody, I've been in that place. That place of darkness. That place where I feel like I only got so many days. I only got so many years left, God. And if you don't come for me, if you don't come, if you don't rescue me, if you don't come and fulfill, God, I'm going to look like a fool. I've spoken in front of all these people, and I'm about to be a look like a lion. God is saying, if I spoke it to you, I am faithful, and I am just to bring it to pass. God said, you got to believe me in the dark places in your life. you got to believe me when it doesn't look like it when the doctor's report goes the opposite direction can you believe me in darkness somebody say God I will believe I will believe you in dark places I will believe you I will believe you don't you slay me I'm going to trust you because your word is good with me I've never seen the righteous forsaken I've never seen it seen begging bread I've been young and now I'm old your record is good with me your resume is good everything you've ever spoken it may have took longer but sooner or later you came through for me somebody stand to your feet say God I will believe you in darkness I believe you in the darkness when I can't see it when I can't feel it keep standing God said will you walk in darkness will you walk in darkness not only do I need you to believe in darkness but I need you to walk in darkness touch somebody and tell them walk one of the things I used to do when I was a little boy, because I've always waked up, I've, I've always woken up about four o'clock in the morning, ain't that right, Dad? I've always woken up, man. So I, I realized, I realized that I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to. You can bring it up, Gerard. And, and one thing I used to realize that that what I used to do is, what I used to do, I used to wake up, and I didn't want to bother nobody. So I wake up, 
And what I used to do in the morning, I used to wake up and watch CNN in the morning. Ain't that crazy? Five years old watching CNN. Amen. Amen. But what I do, I said, rather than wake people up, I'm going to memorize the layout of the house so that I can walk around in the darkness. Sometimes I would, sometimes just go in, I, I, I would even look at night to see where stuff was placed at in case something was out of place so I wouldn't stump my toe because I didn't want to wake up my two brothers, my sister, my mama, and the daddy. And that's what God is saying. He said, before the lights go out, remember what I told you before it gets dark. That's the reason he said, write the vision and make it plain so those that run may continue to run. Tell somebody, you got to remember what you've seen. You got to remember what God showed you in your spirit. You got to remember because when darkness comes, you ain't going to be able to rely on what you see. But you're going to have to look back. God, I remember. Remember when I told you you got a dream in color? Anything that you dream about in color, you are, you are less likely to forget. Tell somebody, you got to see. You got to see. You got to see. God said, I need you to have vision when you don't have sight. Oh, my God. I need you to have vision when you don't have sight. That's the reason Jesus healed more blind people than he did anything else. God said, I need you to have vision when you can't see. Some of the most visionary people in the world was people like Helen Keller. Some of the most exceptional people in the world are people like Stevie Wonder. Those that don't have sight, but they got vision. That's something that beside you. Do you have vision? Do you have vision? When the lights are out and you can't see anything and you can't feel anything. And when the word of God calls it gross darkness. Anybody ever felt like you ever been in gross darkness before? God said, sometimes when you can, that, I mean, that means that's darkness you can feel. God said, can you walk in the dark? Can you remember? Can you remember? That's why, that's why, oh God, I thank you. I thank you that he says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. That meaning God, he ain't going to shine a bit flood like he's going to give you enough light through the word that he will guide your steps. That's the reason it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Sometimes when you can't see it, when, that was, when life circumstances go opposite of what God has told you, you got to draw back on the word that says he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will be with me always until the end of the world. That word is a lamp unto my feet. Sometimes all I need is a little light. I don't need the light on my hands, God. I need light on my feet. Woo! And, it may, and I might not can take no big steps, but all of, if I can just take a little step, God, if you can give me enough light through your word, Oh, how many know that God's word is the entrance of his light? Oh, God, I thank you. God is preaching, y'all. God is preaching. And he's saying, if you, just, if you just trust in my word on what I've said over you, you ain't got to wait for prophet Buzzard to come in town. Just get in my word, and I will give you just enough light to make the next step. And he said, stand still until I get you the next piece of light to take your next step. He said, but if my word don't give any light, he said, I want you to remember what I told you in the light. So when the lights go out, you, you know that he 
say, no, that's a trap right there. I got to go right here. I got to go. Your word says this, God. Your word says this. And if I get right here, look, and God said, there are times you are not going to have the convenience of life. But God said, you got to keep walking. Tell somebody, keep walking. That's what he said. You got to walk by faith and not by your senses. Not by how I feel. Not by what I heard. Not by what I smell. Not by what I taste. God, I'm going to walk this thing blind. I can't see it, God. But I believe, Lord, I feel you moving in the word. Somebody say, walk it out. Walk it out. All y'all do is walk it out. All y'all do is walk it out. You don't need nothing new. You don't need a new word. What God told you, he said, my Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.